0: Hello and welcome to CFV podcast. Um, I'm one of your hosts, Connor, and this is my other host, Adam. Adam. <laughs> hello. <laughs> I feel Actually, like
1: uh, I feel really ropey, I feel like I've not done a podcast. Well, we've I've not done a podcast in a while. It's been
0: how long? Uh, it just just under two months. So we are making our yearly monthly quota. Oh, that's not too bad then. I don't feel as guilty. No. I mean <laughs> I, I mean we did in the last one's make a big point about doing it every two weeks i think we'll stop trying to think of a schedule
1: yeah let's not let's not over promise and under deliver we'll just uh we'll just let it have an organic workflow or whatever <laughs>
0: yeah let's and, not um, let's not over promise and under deliver let's just under deliver <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah we're not promising anything and there's no schedule to uh adhere to yeah. and i think especially given that we're in lockdown and thought we'd have all the time in the world i've found if anything, that. It's not really made me any more productive. I've just kind of probably been lazier. I don't know. Um, how yeah. have you found it?
0: Have you been been playing any games, watching any films? Well, I found, I found lockdown itself a bit rough. Didn't expect to, if I'm perfectly honest, but it's sort of like stepping into a void of time.
1: Yeah, the great pause,
0: as some people have been calling it aptly. Yeah, um, I like what you mean. A- April. April just disappeared. I I don't know where that month went. Um, and to be fair, it's the end of the May now, so, wow. Um, yeah. The only thing I've really been doing is playing video games. I keep intending on watching films, but I've really been failing at that. What about you? Um, yeah, I mean, I've not... I've not really watched...
1: Oh, actually, no, tell a lie. I'm re-watching Mr. Robot uh, I... from season one. Because you know what? my housemate... Oh, yeah, so my housemate only watched up to, like halfway through season one so I was like no 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 you need to you need to watch this um so yeah we're up to season three now and, and he's absolutely loving it and I believe you you finally got around to finishing it all didn't you
0: yeah so I had a bit of an issue with um when the final season season came out for some reason both myself and my wife had just completely forgotten the third season and like loads of stuff that happened in it which meant obviously it's quite a it's quite a full-on programme, and like if you miss some of the details, you'll get lost quite quickly.
1: Yeah, there's a lot you've got to pay attention to. So did you, as in, you forgot about season three, as in you watched it and forgot, or you forgot to watch it?
0: Watched it and forgot, completely. F- right, like, okay, yeah.
1: It, it is the weird one. Season three is the is, is the one that's got like the little more outlandish... It's that weird f- third season thing that...
0: Yeah, because the, they have. introduce a bit more of the back end of the Dark Army... And, like, you get to see more characters and the way it works. And you find out more about Elliot and, you know, his... Well, basically everybody. But yeah, what I found was, you know, there was huge plot points that I'd f- can just completely forgotten. I think what had happened is we may have binged season three in, like, a weekend. Ah.
1: So it was kind of like almost like you weren't actually taking. You were
0: getting through it too quickly for your brain to remember what happened. Exactly to like process it, but so we 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 did the slow process of watching it through again and like, I mean spoilers for Mister Robot, I suppose. Hmm. I I don't know. I feel like
1: it's still so with me watching it. Sorry to interrupt this. Watching it the second time now, knowing the I guess the ending and, and, you know, the the, mega-ist, the 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 biggest twist of it all. Um, yeah. I'm really enjoying so much more because clearly this thing was thought out from the very beginning. Well, and so it really has a lot of weight watching it a second time around. Um, I know people that will watch this that haven't seen it. And I love Mr. Robot dearly. So
0: I would like to keep this, if you can, spoiler free. Yeah, all right, I will. Well, all I'll say about it then is... With each season, there's, like, revelations that happen in it. Not necessarily twists. There's definitely some twists, but there's little revelations you find out about each character and you learn more about the world that they're building, as you should with any programme. But, like you just said, Sam Esmail did must have done such uh, the series runner. He must have done so much work to have the overarching story just done. Because even watching from season one, again you realize oh the way certain characters position themselves the way certain characters interact with other characters it's so... you yeah. you do you just gain so much from rewatching it because yeah. it's like once you have this extra knowledge that you gain from you know the series finales you just like oh my god i, I can't believe that they've completely hidden this but also it's in plain sight the entire
1: time absolutely yeah i do think i mean he's done another program that's on amazon prime called homecoming with julia roberts
0: i've not i've not heard of it
1: yeah I, i've not i watched the trailer for it and you could tell it had that mr robot vibe to it it was you know weird black mirror style kind of feel yeah um that is uh, that is now quite a kind of, I guess, popular th- kind of format or feel. So, yeah, it it does make me think, yes, I do need to watch more of what this guy writes and, and produces and, and directs and things like that. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, programme-wise, film-wise,
0: I've been watching Mr. Robot again. And just one point with Mr. Robot. if If you've not watched it, I heavily recommend it. Stick with it. I know the fact that it's about a hacker turns some people off but it's just so good like the drama yeah the tagline for the show
1: makes it seem really out, almost outdated now yeah but it it is quite ahead of it's about a hacker like you say does make it feel a little bit almost cheesy now in this day and age with the amount of stuff that's going on yeah but you've got to remember this did come out a few years ago and it's almost foretold or foreshadowed things that have happened since so it is very um it is very topical and it's very uh
0: current it's weird because obviously now the pandemic has sort of consumed everything like basically every everything anybody's considering thinking of it's all pandemic and rightfully so I mean it's it's a horrible situation we're in but Mr. Robot was predicting like the far right sort of takeover of governments and like certain things being hacked or data being breached and like the rise and fall of how how um, Bitcoin and that sort of stuff can rise and fall with certain economic yeah. situations and how that would work and it's it's just amazing. I think the only thing that caught me off guard was the the series series finale and maybe we'll talk about it in a future episode or maybe we'll do you know, like a ten minute short. Just like full spoilers on Mister Robot. Yeah, we should we should definitely we should definitely
1: cover it. I think. Yeah. I know it wasn't something we plan on going through talking now. So I'd like to. Uh, yeah, we should definitely give that its own time. Um, I've also been I've I've gone a little bit sort of nostalgic and I've rearranged a few things in my living room or media center. Yeah, I've hooked up my GameCube, my Nintendo sixty four. I got my old Xbox three sixty out because there's a few. Um, original xbox original games which work backwards compatible on the 360 but don't on the xbox one which i thought was a little bit peculiar because i thought the the promise was that it was going to work basically jet set radio future for those that know i'm a massive fan of that
0: i think i think they locked certain discs from doing it because only if you get like i think the original halo will play on your xbox one yeah i think like that there's not actually a great deal of ta- like although the xbox one is very backwards compatible there's not actually that many discs that are backwards compatible. It was more that they started yeah. releasing them and you could buy them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of licensing issues and, you know, I imagine there's a lot of red tape and things that us just regular gamers, I guess, don't understand how things work on the back end or at least don't get a lot of information on it. I mean, with Jet Set um,
0: Radio, the big one was the soundtrack, wasn't it?
1: Yes, it was a case of, um, I know, the licenses for the music. It There was a game, I think it was Crazy Taxi, they did a re-release of an original, but for licensing purposes, they had to change the soundtrack. Yeah. And there was a lot of people saying like, you know, it's cool that they've brought the game out, but a lot of the important memories, I guess, or memorable things that people had was along to this soundtrack. And I guess when you take that away and maybe just change it to something that people aren't, like familiar with it's like it takes half of the fun
0: away. Well, it was the same with the first remake of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One that came out on the three sixty maybe five years ago. Because there's there's uh, since you know since our last episode a lot's happened. But one of the biggest things for nostalgia is that Tony Hawk's Pro Skater One and Two are getting a full HD remake for the current generation, which must mean that there'll be at least a release on the Series X and the PS Five. Or yeah. bare minimum, I think the Series X and the PS Five are both going to be in some form backwards compatible. So you should just be able to buy those versions on those consoles.
1: Yeah, which that be... definitely be good.
0: But that... I am looking forward to buying, like I'm like you
1: say, it's like with the Nintendo thing when you saying about Pokemon, being able to being happy to kind of spend money on games you've already bought, and kind of rebuying them, but for the purpose of having that nice little you like you say digital catalogue yeah. or just having. It's a bit of a memorabilia as well, isn't it? And
0: and a nice kind of trip down memory lane. To be fair, after seeing that announcement from... um, I've completely forgot who developed it. Activision for Tony Hawk. I got really excited when they they made a big point of it with this one. We've got the soundtrack back. I think there's only one or two songs that are actually missing. And that's amazing. Because the amount of money they will have had to pay, even for these... Like if you if you remember the soundtrack, a lot of them were smaller bands. Like some were massive, obviously, but some were yeah. smaller bands, and it may be completely disbanded at this point. But if you know it's going to come out on one of the biggest games, biggest game franchises ever, you're going to charge for it. Like like those guys are going to be making some serious money for that uh, for that re up on the soundtrack. Okay, so the only the only thing I've really been playing at the moment has been uh the uncharted series which i don't get if i'm perfectly honest like it, it, if i didn't have this extra time that seems to be just fle- fleeting away i don't think i would have stuck with them but playstation gave away the uncharted uh collection which is 1 2 and 3 and i played through those and i just don't understand why people have like hailed these games as like they hail them on par to, like, Halo and Assassin's Creed and Zelda. And they're just not. They're not yeah. that good. Like, some of the story elements I do really like and I have enjoyed. Uh, and that's probably the reason I've stuck with them. But the actual gameplay for them is terrible. And it's not just, like, Uncharted 1, fine. You give it the benefit of the doubt because it came out in 2007. Yeah, you
1: say you say that. You say that, but, like... You know, Ocarina of Time came out in what was it, 1997? That was like, and true, that had amazing true. gameplay. So like, the, the this, 2007 this was... isn't an excuse for a game to be to have poor. No.
0: and I gameplay. I'd, I'd agree with you. However, it was—I'm um, pretty sure it was like one of the launch titles for the PlayStation Three. Even more of the um, reason
1: for to to not have shit gameplay.
0: No, I disagree with you because launch titles are historically a bit ropey. Like, mm, think about oh, well, every launch. <sighs>
1: Yeah, I mean, yes and no. I mean, historically, they should be some of the best releases ever, because yeah, A, they need people... to ship console, oh, you know, they need to
0: sell units, and B, they need to be memorable. True, but I mean, it's more that like the developers are usually getting used to the 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 new hardware, and with yeah. the PlayStation Three, it was quite a big leap from the PS Two. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So, you know, I'll, I'll give them the benefit of doubt there. The story was okay in that first one. So I was like, okay, cool. I played through it. The gameplay was a bit rough and that's the only reason I didn't really like it. That and it kept making me horrendously motion sick. Um, oh. Yeah, I'm not sure why. I could only play it for about 20 minutes at a time. Luckily, it's quite <laughs> short. Oh. Oh. Um, Please
1: take regular breaks during play. <laughs> so that one of those little I've... photosensitive seizure warnings <laughs> yeah. popping
0: up for you. I found that with a few games of that, sort of era even when i was playing them at that time i'd get a little bit motion sick and i think it was stuff to do with the camera and you know like the refresh rates and stuff
1: was it not was was playstation the first one that was trying to do the the higher frame rate thing
0: i don't know i mean people will argue it was pc trying to do the higher frame rate thing first but well yeah but i mean like you know i've been i don't have a PC, so no me neither.
1: The thing that what I find weird about, like, the, like you say about the Drake thing, and it's kind of it's it's cult following because I know there's a few. I've got I've got a friend who's really into it. You know, they it, it almost talk quite passionately about it. But I mean, I was never I've never been a PlayStation person, and so I've never been in the PlayStation culture. But obviously, yeah. every so many years, you're gonna get some games which are exclusives to a particular platform that are still good and still stand out and people still talk about them and obviously to me these uncharted ones are they kind of just like hey do you want
0: to play tomb raider but you want to be a bloke is it just that that is an accurate description of them i mean uncharted 2 i'll give like a little brief so uncharted 2 is heralded as the best one and it by far does have the best story of them all it flows really well and like it's quite sa- it's quite a satisfying story to play through. However, is that the one? Is that the one with the plane crash in the desert? No, that's the third one. Because that's look that looked cool. I remember seeing that. Um, well, I'll get to that. <laughs> Uncharted, however, Uncharted Two had maybe the worst final boss I've ever played in any game ever. It was just so broken, it was so boring, and it was rock hard. Luckily. I found like a way around it on so the the boss had this thing where if you were close enough to him it would trigger a a um, quick time event and the quick time event you couldn't get hurt it was really easy to do and it would help you uh navigate the 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 gameplay in that a bit easier and you could just beat him but the way it was obviously intended to play terrible really badly built I couldn't believe it I've never wanted to I, like I am not a rage quit guy but I did with that <laughs> Are they, um, are
1: the um quick time things, is that where, because I've noticed it more on, on PlayStation games, is that where like you've got to press a sequence of buttons while it's like running and climbing yeah. up something?
0: Yeah. What was Except the game,
1: the- sorry to go off tangent really quickly, there was a game that I think came out on PS3 where you were like a girl with red hair and had a sword. Heavenly Sword. That was it. Yeah, That had that, that, that whole game was just that and I remember watching my mate play it and I was like, it looks cool the gameplay kind of looks it i don't know i think just if, if it reminds me of those you know those dance games where it's like right here's the buttons you're gonna have to press here they come like don't forget to yeah. press them in the right order it's kind of like who's playing this am i playing this or am i being told how to play it and i find that yeah, but at least bit... with the
0: dance ones there's some rhythm to it <laughs> yeah. like there's actually a bit of gameplay with it with quick time events i'm glad they've sort of disappeared yeah um they're terrible.
1: So is that what you're meaning by quick time events? I mean, I'm just, just so I can visualize yeah. it because I've not heard it. I didn't know what yeah. it was called.
0: So cool, cool, cool. Always learning, always learning. And then Uncharted Three was the worst by far. Like Uncharted One, I gave it, you know, I gave it some shit for for the way it played and everything. But Uncharted Three played worse. Have you heard of the term like bullet sponge enemies? No, but are they ones that just basically take all your bullets and they still don't die? Yeah, it, it is a very self explanatory sort of term. All the enemies in that game, a bullet sponge. Headshots don't matter. Like you get awards for headshots, but to get a headshot, you have to hit them three times in the head, mm. and that's not you know that's it's just terrible. And they had the this horrible thing where they were the story was trying to be guided into certain points, so you get these nice, you pretty cool gameplay moments where you know like a ship would fall apart or a plane would crash, and you have to. Some of them would be quick time events, and then they'd add the action in. And they were pretty good, but if you don't hit the right point, you just you're just stuck. If you try and like load a gun in a certain area, it won't let you. Because it's expecting you to go to this one point, and this one point will trigger this event. Nothing you're actually doing does. That combined with the bullet sponge enemies, it's one of the first like I play everything on normal. I'm not a hardcore, you know, like I beat everything on hard. I've never been that type of gamer. Yeah. I always play it through a normal because I like a bit of a challenge. But I also like to get the story. This is one of the first games I've ever just dropped to easy. Because I'm like, I just I just want to get through it. Right. Um, terrible. It might be one of the worst games I've ever played. And it's got like a, I think last time when I was checking, it has like a 90 on Metacritic. And it's just like, how is it rated this well? And I remember I worked in a game shop when, when that game was released. And people were going mad for it. Terrible game. Wouldn't recommend it. <laughs>
1: Well, Gamer um, Critic thinking it's nine. Maybe, maybe you're just wrong.
0: Yeah, maybe I'm wrong. I'm not, but maybe I'm wrong.
1: <laughs> there we go. Well, they, they, have you've, you've heard it, everyone. Connor says, don't play the Drake trilogy
0: or whatever. How, however, I am now because my dad lent me the fourth one. I thought I may as well play through so I can rant properly. Yeah. You know, there's nothing like actually being being able to rant with all the knowledge possible. Yeah, yeah. And Uncharted Four is playing better. I am enjoying it. <laughs> But this was, I love it. It's amazing. Only, you should, everyone should play it. <laughs> uh, this is the only one that was released on PS4. Everything else was on the PS3, and it shows. But even this one, it's got some horror. I'm about halfway through, and it's got some horrendous issues. But I'll, I'll I'll maybe do like a full rundown where I go into detail on every single one, <laughs> even if I'm just doing it on my own, just talking to the void. Yeah, but yeah, that that's uncharted. That's all. That's that's basically all I've been playing. That and Animal Crossing, but everybody knows what Animal Crossing is.
1: Yes, I've uh all all my friends except for me. have all been sharing turnips and doing something with shooting stars, and uh, everyone's been playing it. And I'm still. I, I just I feel like I'll I'll spend fifty quid on it or whatever, and I'll play it for five ten minutes, and then I'll I I I won't be hooked. And, you know, I'm someone that plays Minecraft, so I, I get the enjoyment of playing little cartoony sort of magical whisk away worlds, but I just can't see the point. And I know that's very hypocritical, and I'm not saying that anyone that plays it is is silly. I really wish I w- would be interested in it, because I'm happy to spend that much money on a game like that. But as I've discussed, I, I need someone to let me borrow it, so you should let me borrow it once you've, completed it if that's a thing
0: i've got digital downloads oh
1: the curse of digital downloads and not being able to share them with your friends that sounds like we should argue about that for at length in another episode um but until then let's talk about a digital download which i've recently purchased on nintendo switch and,
0: oh, have you actually got it on the Switch? Yeah,
1: right? I got it on the Switch for £16. Well, ah, hang on. Should have been £16.74. Use some of my Nintendo points to get 42p off. And I also have it on the Xbox uh, One through Xbox, Xbox Game Pass, which is where I trialled it. Um, they eagerly awaited
0: Minecraft
1: Dungeons.
0: Ooh. I, I'm i excited about this one. I'm li- looking forward to hearing you talk about it. I'm, I'm yet to pick it up. However, from... From early discussion, early discussions we've had, I I think I'm going to buy it as soon as we're done. Yeah, here.
1: I mean, I've only I've, look, I've only played about an hour and a bit, maybe two hours
0: worth of it, so I won't, I can't. This is kind of like a first. Look, review, and well, I mean, it's we'll we'll come back in maybe a week or two weeks and actually talk about it properly. Once, yeah, I mean, I think we've both. Oh, yeah. All, all I can say now on it is,
1: it it looks cool. You know, it it's it's the Minecraft kind of feel. The gra- graphics wise, it's Minecraft. So I was kind of, I was a little bit worried that getting it on the Switch, it wouldn't look as good, but I've kind of compared it, you know, on full screen, on the telly. It looks the same. Um, The gameplay is the same. Everything's identical. I, I think the benefit is I've logged in with my Xbox Live account on it, on the Switch, which is interesting, because yeah. obviously Minecraft is run through Microsoft now. So, and I've kind of mapped the controls so that it's the same as it is on the Xbox. So kind of w- whichever one I pick it up on, it's the same kind of... It- It's so good
0: you can map your controls now.
1: Yeah, there's a lot more. I like that a lot of, um, I mean, it was Global Accessibility Awareness Day um, last week, this time last week. So a little thing about that is obviously there's a big push for games developers to basically make people be able to customise the controls to how they want to play. Not just for like, oh, I'm going to swap buttons, but... Yeah, yeah, obviously it opens it up to loads more people as well.
0: Yeah, it helps disabled gamers. Yeah. You know, certain control... Like, I've I've seen people online and people in, in my personal life play video games with one hand and that's, you know, down to... Being able to map the controls, so it it plays easier Uh, with just one. Yeah, and
1: like five, five, ten years ago, you know, for as long. as... Imagine like trying to play Halo One on the original Xbox that long ago. Like (laughs) on the yeah, there'd be a lot of yeah, especially on a controller that big. Like ergonomically, it'd be a nightmare. Um, But yeah, and you know what, it plays really nice on the Switch, and 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 it's it's a fun little kind of drop-in, drop-out game to kind of just have a little bit of fun with on the handheld. My housemate's got a Switch Lite, so he's going to be picking it up on that. So even though we can both just play it on the Xbox on the big telly, it's kind of that added bit of fun of being able to just have it on separate screens and and play anywhere, yeah. And I think for 16 quid, you know, 16, 17 quid, and then you need the online, obviously. But yeah, it's good. But we can, yeah, you should get it. We'll have a game, and then we'll uh, go into more detail with it
0: at another time. 100%. So, the Tenant trailer released a couple of days ago, the second trailer that is. The first trailer had been out for a while but it didn't it didn't show a great deal and obviously I was sort of hoping we'd get a bit more from the second trailer and we did. We got a lot more confusion. Yeah. So much confusion. Yeah. I think I've been, I've been excited for the, every single time Christopher Nolan releases a film. I'm excited. He puts a lot of effort into it. The studios seem to just let him do whatever he wants, which is unbelievable. Yeah, they trust him, don't he? Exactly. Yeah, they they really do. And it doesn't matter how confusing his films may seem; they they do well. They make money. Yeah. And that's a, that's a big that's a big thing with Christopher Nolan. It's a big thing for any film director, but Nolan seems to get get through it. So, anyway, the Tenant trailer released, and I was sort of I was watching it through, and it. It brought back a lot of memories for me from ten years ago, um, when Inception was released. Whoa, was it ten years ago? About ten years ago, yeah, it was. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was because it was when we,
1: um, it was July that it came out, and we just started uni. Well, we'd started uni in this September because I remember yeah. being in a being a film student, and they were like, "And oh, what's your favourite film?" And I was like, "I like Inception because I have no prior knowledge of." of a classical <laughs> film, and I just like uh, movies with explosions and sci-fi and thrillers.
0: Little did we know we were on an art film course. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we knew that, yeah. but... Oh, no, we didn't. We didn't I, really, did we? We didn't, no, they, they missold it massively. Um. Anyway, to get off our old university course, yeah, Inception came out 10 years ago, and to sort of mark that, I found it quite ironic that, well, not ironic, I find it interesting poignant. that yeah poignant that <laughs> Nolan has has now released a second trailer for Tenet a similar time to when Inception was and they seem similar they've got themes and I think the theme is confusion yeah and and like fucking and they're like game-breaking uh devices in the film yeah. so I just I just I really wanted to talk to you about it, Adam. Absolutely. I think it's it's like getting more pieces of a puzzle
1: but you still don't know what the picture's meant to be, so it's still not really any use, I think. Yeah. One of the things Okay, so watch the tenant trailer if you've not seen it and then come yeah. back and watch then Watch the second start, yeah. trailer. Well, watch both of them and then start listening to what we're yeah. saying now. So, from my understanding, the film the, the, there's a key line in the trailer where He's like, "Oh, so you're talking about time travel." And he's like, "No, yeah. I'm talking about inversion." And that kind of reminds me of that scene when he's like in his, in the Inception trailer when they're like it's this thing called Inception and it's like, "Right, okay, so you're introducing yeah. this thing." The thing isn't Tenet, that's just the name of the film, I
0: guess. But the thing is inversion. But I feel I feel like Tenet's going to be important. Yes. Cuz they, they 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 say they even say in the trailer mm. uh, that, like I can give you one word, Tenet. And, the, and this will open, it'll open two types of doors. Good
1: doors and bad um, doors.
0: Good doors and bad doors. Now,
1: my understanding is that now, you know, the time travel sort of rule book for films is very big and there's a lot of different angles you can go down. And I think Christopher Nolan yeah. is very smart and he's not going to, you know, he's not going to go down the obvious routes that like... I guess Marvel or Back to the Future, like that kind of thing could go down. Now, there's a key
0: thing... This this is go what on. the trailer's being quite interesting about, is that the the time travel isn't travelling through time. Through, the way it makes it look, it seems like they're walking into a situation in real time and get to view it whilst participating. It's, it's so odd. Yeah.
1: It's so confusing. I think... Okay, so... There's a little bit of, you know, potentially sort of quantum observation theory going on, which is a bit sketchy at best anyway. But the other thing I'm thinking of, hear me out, is there is this this object, this kind of like weird rocky mass that's in that kind of uh, soundproofed booth, and they're shooting at it. Now, if you were shooting... Well, they're
0: not shooting at
1: it. The bullets are... Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're catching
0: the bullets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Now, in... And if you think it was it was a normal firing range, it would it would just be pictures of you know like gun target things or anything like that. So the fact that they're shooting at this weird rock thing, I don't think it's like weapons testing on a concrete wall. The, the shape of that rock is quite unique, and I think, hear me out here, that that rock has some sort of significant element to it. Powered. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, now, it takes me back to primer. You know how, uh, which was a time, okay, so if you've not seen Primer, I'm not going to have this bit of the discussion with you. I'm going to flip it slightly. You know when we learn, or we didn't really learn about it in school, but you know how gravity works? It's like the the bigger the the, the mass that something has, the larger the gravitational field, right? And there's that kind of picture of like that grid that's got like a big dip in the middle and like there's a big, like the planet Earth in the middle. And it's that kind yeah. of effect of like things spin around it and they get close to the middle and they fall into it. But the theory is that because the grid's distorted, that's where kind of time exists. And there's that theory that if you took like two identical twins, you had one of them. In fact, he used it in Interstellar. So he's already kind of used time travel in Interstellar, which is all slotting into place now. You know, when they go to that planet with the yeah. massive waves and yeah. they come back. at The bookshelf planet. No, oh no, the one, mean, the ones with the, <laughs> that's later. Like, yeah, wrong. the one with the huge like tidal wave things, and it's basically like a few seconds on there is a few years back home or whatever. But by time you then meet back up, times then relative like things have caught up together. Yeah, yeah, and the time is affected by the mass of an object. So what right. if there is some sort of object theory in this film or gravitational theory? that affects the mass of objects and therefore affects the 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 gravity slash the time
0: of things that interact with those objects. I mean, I see what you're saying. I mean, I sort of see what you're saying. Like, like if you or- make an object lighter than air, does that
1: affect the time around it? Because if you've got, like, so, if you've got, like, a massive planet that, like, weighs a tonne, well, obviously millions and millions of tonnes, and it's, like, this huge planet... Then you're going to age slower or quicker, whereas people that have been in space age quicker because there's less mass and less gravitational field. So, like maybe somehow, without going off at a massive
0: tangent, that is something to do with it. But I have absolutely no idea. So, so yeah. So what you're saying is there's potentially objects within this universe that have. Are dependent on their size or maybe not their size maybe they have the um, they have the gravitational sort of properties of something much larger and by using these you can sort of bend time to your will yeah based on the fact that they can bend the kind of the
1: value that the mass has so the materials that they're made of yeah. have an effect on the gravitational force which in turns has an effect on the kind of temporal force maybe see
0: I'm, I'm going to disagree with you. I, I'm I mean, going ris- to disagree would, with myself as well. <laughs> I think that would work in if Nolan was known to do things purely based in science, but he's not. He often does his own little things, and even taking it back to Inception, which was effectively a machine where you go into someone's dreams. I think this is going to be a bit more game-breaking than that. I, I agree it could potentially be some form of object that they possess, that lets them do this, um. But I think it's going to be more connected to the villain, and you know you how how you were mentioning this wall where he's catching the bullets out of it. Yeah, this wall could have been excavated from a scene that the Russian villain has altered, and the 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 guys who are doing inversion just understand how to navigate that situation. Yeah. And navigate these these like tainted objects. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because there's that scene where she, they open the they open the drawer and there's those like kind of old artifacts, isn't there? And he, he kind of puts his hand out and he basically drops it, doesn't he? But it, it shows it backwards where he's kind of picking it up and catching it in his hand. And maybe those objects are also part of some yeah. sort of thing.
0: Well it's also the 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 main scene that makes me think that is when they walk into that they walk into the corridor and there's bullets everywhere and they're like, it's not happened yet. Yes. It makes me feel like they're tailing someone, potentially this Russian villain, and then as they get to the point where where they should catch up with an in- inversion happens somehow and they just understand how to navigate it or at least they're learning how to under- uh, understand how to navigate it. Yeah, because you've got it's, the car, There's
1: a the car chase scene as well, isn't there? Like the, the where the car flips over, so they're always the scenes where the weird stuff happens. They're always moving. There's like some sort of kinetic energy where they're always they're going from A yeah. to B, and it's what happens in between that kind of.
0: And there's there's even there's even the section where the Russian villain who looks to be played by Kevin uh, Brana, I can't say his name, is wearing a mask like a, um, not a COVID mask, a uh, like a gas mask. A, a gas mask, yeah, like a breathing mask. So if he is... It potentially could be something to do with gravitational pulls, but say it's this particular object that he's utilising, yeah. maybe it has a negative effect even on him. So as he's using it, it's like going through. But... Hang on, hang on a minute. Sort of... Hang on. Wait, oh. no, you go on. You go on. Um, <laughs> uh, the, main, the main reason I really wanted to talk about the tenant trailer is because... In all honesty, it confused me. There's a lot going on and it doesn't make much sense. And I was thinking, I remember Inception fondly. I mean, but we, we were obsessed with that film in our first year at uni. Yeah. We were obsessed with that film throughout university. I mean,
1: it put the idea in my head about, like, lucid dreaming, and I started, like, researching it and falling, to, falling asleep yeah. at certain times of the day to kind of maximise it and be able to live in those dreamlike worlds. So, yeah, it definitely had a substantial impact, a psychological impact, I guess, on how I viewed sleep and dreaming and, I guess, therefore, the life. Yeah. Like, it did... I was... I'm really happy for that film because, you know... And the thing is, as well, it was a good film. Like, even though it was very weird, there was so many cool infographics made afterwards to kind of explain, you know, the, the different jumps and the different dreams within dreams. Yeah. And it you couldn't fault it. I couldn't really find, to this day, no one's gone... No, You know, no one's come out with a YouTube video that's basically listed everything... Well, I know there are those, that YouTube video, everything wrong with, insert film name. Yeah, but, cinema, cinema, yeah, cinema. but there's nothing really wrong or fundamentally flawed with it to this day you know it's a masterpiece
0: i'd completely agree um however i think people at the time even after watching it were confused and i was wondering well how confusing was the inception trailer the only thing i currently remembered about it was the um the bomb that happened every time and affected you it influenced trailers going forward for a decade they had these sound effects in them these big drops yeah. as a moment happened or as an important piece of uh, plot was revealed within the trailers um it was it was it, that trailer itself was massively influential yeah
1: yeah um i remember the music in that was cool but it was the i don't think it's actually it wasn't hans zimmer that did the you know like that one it was i think it was audio machine cuz they do
0: i don't think that full version's even in the film no
1: it it's not so um really interesting there are two kind of music collectives one's called audio machine and the other one i think is called two yeah. steps from hell and they basically make cinematic trailer music um you can stream them and you can, they've got like a few albums out but All those kind of films, you know, superhero films, um, thrillers, sci-fi films that have a bit of, like, an orchestral feel to them, or anthemic. Like, they make make the music for the trailer, basically. And they did it for Audio Machine, did it for Inception and Prometheus. And I think they're on, like, one album. And it's cool, because it's like, they basically go, cool, yeah, we'll make your
0: trailer music to... To be perfect for your trailer. Basically, what I was confused, what I was wondering is, was that trailer confusing, or was it just people who didn't understand the film in the in in the um, yeah in the past? So we've both went back and rewatched we that did. trailer, and what what becomes apparent. I mean, I know we've obviously got thought foresight now. We know what happened in that film. Yeah, uh, not foresight, hindsight. Um, but we know what happened in the film. We know how each plot goes. However. I think the trailer, perfectly, unlike Tenet, describes... Yeah, it, it makes the, sense. The mechanic It of makes sense because it tells yeah. you what's
1: happening. It's like, right, ideal insecurity, subconscious security. So then you've got Killian Murphy going, oh, are you talking about dreams? So it's like, yeah, okay, dreams. So then any kind of... Forgetting the audio for a minute. Any weird visuals that wouldn't make sense, like when they're kind of floating around the rooms and he's like tying yeah. people up and then they're kind of like fighting in the water and the snow. You go right, this could be taking place in a real world, kind of, you know, the the building exploding and collapsing. But the yeah. scene where, like I say, it's the kind of zero gravity, that's potentially in a dream. And you think, okay, that makes sense because everyone knows, you know, a lot of people have those kind of weird dreams where they're floating or things are upside down or the, you know, in the trailer it explains, okay, anything that looks weird, it's not weird because it's in a dream. And you go, cool, right, I get it. Yeah. And you see the mechanics of the machinery. And even in the first trailer, like, it kind of filled you in.
0: That's the thing. It fully shows you everything. There's not much hidden. Like, obviously now, like, the film Inception has these moments where obviously Cobb is haunted by his his wife, his dead wife. So there's all these mechanics where the where you actually delve deeper and almost none of that is shown in the actual trailer. Yeah. You only see snippets of... Is it M- M- Marion Cotard who plays, uh, yeah, who yeah, plays yeah, his yeah. wife? Yep. You only see snippets of it, but you get a full description of the machine. You, you, know, you see the machine, you see how it works. They explain that they're stealing things. Because the film included such brilliant explanation scenes and how everything should work between Leonardo DiCaprio as the expert on this yeah. and Ellen Page coming in as an outsider, you get the perfect point of view character yeah, from, yeah. F- f- for the audience. It's not like these
1: people where they're kind of just being roped into something that's bigger than them. Like, in Inception, they were the bee's knees, they were the top dogs in that job. And I think maybe from exactly. a film like release point of view... You know, it was a while since, maybe a while since Nolan had done... I mean, D- Dark Knight, that had, was that before or after? Before, it was a couple of years like before. Like all of them, like that whole trilogy, was that all done and dusted?
0: I think th- the Dark Knight Rises came out of out after Inception, right. if I remember but correctly. But Batman
1: Begins was obviously before...
0: Batman Begins and The Dark Knight were both released beforehand. That, but the
1: the, the the point is, like, I think, it, yeah, it, it's the first time in a while he'd done something on his own yeah. that was his own thing. So maybe kind of you know wanted to just make it clear since then he's done interstellar that was a little bit more wacky maybe this time around he's just he's just going yeah you know what i'm not
0: telling you nothing yeah well that that's what i find this is sort of what i'm trying to piece together with with this conversation with you is do we after re-watching that inception trailer i think it's pretty clear what the key points are and i understand it which sort of explains why I was so hyped before going to the film and that had a massive lasting effect on both of us. Yeah. And I'm going to rewatch it soon because I absolutely love it. What I'm wondering is how much are these trailers for Tenet actually giving away or is is now Nolan's sort of... Our faith in Christopher Nolan and the studio's faith in Christopher Nolan, How are, are they just giving him a pass to not explaining anything? Or is Tenet going to be one of these films where yeah. it truly is? too confusing or doesn't make sense. Um, I, I'm fascinated by it. I,
1: I'd like to think it's the first one because if, look, if Christopher, if Christopher Nolan said, right guys I'm making a new film, it's got Inception kind of vibes to it. If you loved Inception, you'll love this. I don't want to show you a trailer because tangibly there's no way that I can create a trailer that will either make sense or, you know, I don't want to make, I, I can't make a trailer that will make sense without giving too much away or spoiling a certain element of the film. And so, naturally, he's got to make some... You know, there has to be a trailer about it in some way or another. So maybe this is, like, the best that we can get that shows a bit of action and a bit of mystique without, like, you know, spoiling it, basically. And if that's the case, then, you know, it's fine. I'm not... As much as I'm looking at this film and going, oh, this looks a bit weird, I'm still going to watch it and I think I'm still going to really enjoy it. Yeah, I,
0: I mean... That's the thing. I'm I'm sh- so excited. I just don't understand it. I mean, if any of you sort of follows on any of the other social medias, we'd love to hear from you. What like what do you guys think about Tenet?
1: I think with that though, would would you like to be able to watch Inception again without knowing what it's about? Oh, I'd love that. So with basically with Tenet, this is your opportunity because this is obviously going to be potentially this is this is that kind of magic, yeah. isn't it? Of like, oh, this looks cool. This looks weird. What is it? So I like the fact that so far does not really I mean it comes out what in like two months time well here's the thing will it it went from coming out in Ju- July to coming soon
0: well yeah th- this is the big point officially the studios haven't changed the date they're they they're holding that date and if cinema's open this could be the first big film post the lockdown that people are able to see
1: yeah and he wants people to see it in the cinema doesn't he yeah
0: this this film will not go to streaming it yeah. it'll be a, it'll be a huge point of contention for Nolan. Like he's a huge advocate for the cinema. He shoots things on IMAX. He's been a huge like he's been a bit mad, mad advocate for that. It's shooting huge amounts of The Dark Knight Rises in it and I think I think uh, Inception even had certain IMAX sh- shots in there. And I ho- I hope it does release. Soon. It's going to be good. I'm really looking forward to it. So yeah, if let us know what you think. Um are you looking forward to it? Do you think it's too too confusing? Do you think it's going to be another Inception? Well, we'd love to know your thoughts on it. I know we're both excited for it. And yeah, that's about it. Follow us on everything. It's CFV pod or podcast on basically all social. Goodbye. Goodbye.